Yes, you miss. My name's Borat. I go to USA to have sexy time with chocolate woman. Chin Kui. I like you. You like me? Nice. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 29th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Chin Kui, yes, yes. All right. <coughs> my hram, my hram has been aching as of late, you know? You, you, you want to... S- you want to touch my hrum? If you're new to the show, Janet and Ramter on the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, cabelliache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all, the dear listener. Y'all, the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. You know, I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, you know. I have my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And if you want to connect with the show, please shoot me an email, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You got questions, you got queries, you got qualms, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the fucking show thus far, you know, getting a little entertainment, getting a couple laughs, chuckles, guffaws, gags, chortles of sorts, you know, if you're digging the show, please help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. (coughs) Quite a mouthful, you know. And if you are new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. 19 years of service. Diploma in theater arts. Thespian to the bone, ladies and gentlemen. Damn proud of it. It's hot. That's ah, a hot one. When you be under them lights, boy, gets hot. You know, as a podcaster, as a thespian, when you're doing like stage work, lights be on you. When you're a film actor, lights be on you. You know, when you're a podcaster, lights be on you. Gets hot. It's hot. You know? Whew. Thespian extraordinaire. And I'm not exactly rocking this fucking, look at this fucking Limp Biscuit fucking goatee. This Limp Biscuit looking fucking 90s hip-hop b-boy fucking vibe, you know? The fucking goatee, the fucking backdrop, the backwards hat, the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, hell! It's not for shits and giggles, you know? I'm on the precipice of a very tantalizing, titillating little opportunity as an actor, thespian extraordinaire. I have had an audition, and I await the results. So, you know, pray for a motherfucker. Pray for me. You know? So, yes, um, more details to come on my audition. You know, we'll see how it goes, you know? Not exactly holding my breath. But I do want to get rid of this fucking scruff, you know? Start feeling like a... You know, when you, when you got that fucking goatee going. 
you know, he started fucking, you know, going ape, going ape tits, you know, so, you know, I'm just going to hang in there, see how long I have to hold on to this fucking scruff, so, you know, do pray for me, I could use it, <laughs> yes, yeah, trials and tribulations as a thespian, I have also recently watched a very fetching mockumentary Hi, my name's Borat. Yes, ma'am. Chingui. I got USNA. Sexy party time. Borat. Uh, <laughs> the Kazakhstanian uh, news reporter from Kazakhstan. Uh, we all know and love him from his uh, early 2000s. I think it was like 2006. Borat. Uh, cultural learnings of uh such and such and such and such here let me look it up i got a uh, got the internet here yes <laughs> you know my neighbor yeshemesh botamesh akatov bokamesh you know he only got ipod nano <laughs> weak girly man uh yeah i got my internet access here let me take a look uh, let me see what uh the internet has to say on old Borat. So yes. Uh, yes. So, you know, we all know Borat from the 2006 Borat. Cultural learnings of America for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. You know, we all know um, the character Borat played by Sasha Baron Cohen, you know. He's a modern-day comedic genius, you know. Um, as time goes on, uh, I have a little bit more of a little bit more of an opinion on some of his performances, some of his ideas. But hands down, he is like a modern-day comedic genius, Sasha Bar Sasha Baron Cohen. So anyways, um the newest flick. The newest incar the newest incarnation of Borat, yes. Chinkui, I like you, you like me. My mother, she never loved me. <laughs> the latest uh from Borat. Um it debuted on Amazon Prime exclusively. October twenty-third, two thousand twenty. Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to american regime for make benefit once glorious nation of kazakhstan and where the storyline in this uh in edition picks up um it's a 2020 american mockumentary comedy film directed by jason woliner in his in his feature directorial debut the film stars Sasha Baron Cohen as the fictional, fictional Kazakh journalist and television personality Borat Segdiev and Maria Bakalova as his daughter, Tutor, who is to be offered as a bribe, as a bride, to Vice President Mike Pence. Thank you, moderator. Yes, um, thank you, moderator. Uh, you know, um... We're going to bring back fracking jobs. Um, 
fossil fuels, coal industry. You know, uh, we're going to, um, you know, continue making America great again. Yeah. Mike Pence. Fracking. 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 I am not a humanoid. Cyborg. Fracking. Fossil fuels. Make America great again. Fucking Mike Pence. Uh, so Borat, he's offering his daughter, Tudor, to be offered as a bride to Vice President Mike Pence during the COVID-19 pandemic and the 2020 presidential election. And again, it's a sequel to, you know, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. And um, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the trailers online, maybe some of the billboards postering. Fucking Borat, yes, it is. Wear a mask, save a life. Wear mask, save life. Live. <laughs> He's got a fucking COVID nineteen uh, disposable medical mask over his hram. His uh, how do you say? Uh, how do you say? Wear a mask over your hram. Hram. Your you know your 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 hram. He's got a fucking COVID nineteen mask over his hram. Kram. And um, yes, if you're a fan of um, Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen, the film does not disappoint. Funny, poignant, a piece of smart, edgy, political satire. Um, yes, so if you are a fan of, you know, mockumentary, political satire, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, it's definitely worth um, a gander. And there's also been some uh, controversy. So spoiler alert, I'm not going to say anything too detailed, but there was a controversy. Former mayor of, um, I guess, New York City, Rudolph Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, so apparently, um, in the film, they they uh, punk him, they prank him, they set it up like he's in an interview with a Kazakh reporter, you know, a reporter from Kazakhstan, played by um, this uh, Bulgarian actress, I believe, as I looked it up, um, Maria Bakalova. She plays. Tudor, Borat's daughter. So, you know, as the character Tudor, Borat's daughter, she sets up this like mockumentary prank type interview. It's a prank uh, on Rudolph Giuliani. So she goes in there and she's giggling it up. She's giggling it up, you know. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Giuliani, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan. <laughs> you know, she's quite the little minx, you know, quite fetching, you know. And fucking Giuliani, his old ass, he's lapping it up, right? He's licking his chops. <laughs> you know, he's licking his chops, right? He's like, wow. She's giggling. 
oh, Mr. Giuliani, I'm, I'm a fan. And she's putting her hand on his knee and, you know, she's stroking his knee. And, you know, a couple times, like, uh, she has her clipboard on her lap, but she lifts it up in a very suggestive manner, you know. Uh, just, you get, a, you get a little glimpse of um, that little Kazakian cavern, you know. And you're like, you know, it's quite... <laughs> Right? It's pretty hot stuff, right? So poor old Rudy Giuliani, he's lapping it up. So then, you know, there's a little bit of a hubbub. Basically, you know, spoiler alert, again, if you haven't seen it, um, but it's pretty much controversial. People have been talking talking on it. Uh, There's a scene in which Giuliani, he's led into led into a bedroom by, um, you know, the character Tudor. You know, this Maria Bakalova, her character, Tudor. She leads Giuliani into a bedroom where she's like, you know, taking off his microphone. Like, you know, he has like a lapel microphone and like a power pack. So she's helping him take it off. And in the process, he leans back on a bed you know, he sits on a bed, leans back, and he starts fidgeting with his um, pants. Now, the way the shot's set up, it looks like he lays back on his back. He's reaching into his pants. He's fumbling around. Could he be tucking in his shirt? Could he be pulling out his fucking pecker? We don't know. That's the controversy. So it's like, is Rudolph Giuliani this sexual predator, sexual uh, capitalist who's going to like pounce on this young woman in a hotel room, you know? Or is he is he making all these inappropriate overtures, like the way the thing is shot? Is he playing with his pants? Is he about to pull out his penis? Is he masturbating? Like what's going on? And it's also kind of cut up in a way where you're not even really sure if she, if this Tudor character, if she's even in the room anymore, right? So it's like, is he this sexual predator or is he this old man who's like stretching out on the bed trying to tuck in his fucking pants? You know, he's an elderly man. He's up there in age, not in the greatest shape. It's kind of a confusing shot. Like, is he just flopped on the bed trying to, oh, like try to tuck his fucking pants in, you know? So it's like, whoa, a politician pranked, spoofed in a very unflattering light. You know, ex-mayor of New York. I'm not even really sure what his political standings are at the moment. I know he was the president or sorry, was the mayor of New York. And I think he is currently Donald Trump. Donald Trump's personal lawyer. So I'm not really quite sure where uh, Rudolph Giuliani, where his political career is at the moment, but, you know, a well-known political figure on a global stage, you can say. I mean, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) So it's like, what, what happened there? Right? 
Is he a sexual predator? Was he just tucking in his pants? What's going on? Right? Well, there's a few ways to look at it. I mean, obviously, if it is the thing that it is trying to be portrayed as, again, Sasha Baron Cohen, one of my personal heroes, one of my personal favorites. I think he's like a living comedic legend. But the film is portraying Rudy Giuliani in a pranked scenario. You know, they set him up for this prank. They kind of entrap him. They're showing this footage. It's cut very quickly. I'm not sure what to take of it. And it's being portrayed as he's some type of sexual predator. That's the portrayal of him in the film. So that's like one angle. He's a sexual predator. The other angle is like, can you blame him? Can you really blame the poor guy? I mean, for crying out loud, he's like this elderly dude. He's up there in years. And if you if you catch a whiff of this fucking Maria Bakalova, this little Bulgarian buxom little blonde, you know, she's got her hair dyed all peroxide-like, you know, she's got lipstick slapped all over her face. She's squeezed into this like teal cocktail dress. You know, they're sipping on a couple neat scotches you know they're clinking glasses look 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 (laughs) oh mr giuliani mr giuliani she's petting his fucking thigh you know she's giggling she's gaggling she's gobbing over him gushing over him oh mr giuliani you're the yeah i'm i'm a big fan of yours i'm this i'm that can you blame the poor guy yo man i'd hit that in a minute you know go to work on that you know i'd tear that up granted like the old me would have done that? Like, the old me? Like, nowadays I only get hard for Jesus, you know? Nowadays I only get hard for, you know, our Lord and Savior. But, like, back in the day, I would have fucking got on that boy. You know, she's a prime piece of Castakian cooch, you know what I mean? She's quite the... She's kind of cute, you know? i give her like a 7.5. She's got that little button nose, you know, bleach blonde hair, full lips, you know, curvy little body, you know. She's, she's a little Bulgarian minx, you know what I mean? So like, can you blame the poor guy? Can you really blame him, you know? Like, what's your point? Some sexy fucking Kestakian Kazakh fucking news reporter is gushing and gobbing over you, petting your thigh. She leads you into a fucking bedroom glass of scotch in hand she's rubbing your back taking your shirt off reaching into your trousers to put like can you blame him can you blame the poor guy with (laughs) guilty of trying to get laid what's your fucking point (laughs) you know and again you know i say that but like to say this like back in the day i would have been all over that myself you know so like who can blame the guy today i'm a little different you know like I only get hard for Jesus, like, as I said, you know, like, she couldn't tempt me that way, like, like, let's say I was in that position, you know, <laughs> I'm Jonathan Ramcharan of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, <laughs> oh, I, I'm so, so much a fan of yours, I'd be like, yeah, you're a fan of mine, are you, okay, well, quick question for you, where do you see yourself in five years? 
Cool, uh, uh, Jonathan, I'm a, such a fan of your podcast, and, um, you know, I've never been with a chocolate man before. Oh, yeah, 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 that's good. Uh, do you love God? <laughs> Jonathan, I don't think you understand. I want to uh, suck your ram. Your ram. I want to suck your cock. I know you want to suck my cock, but can you suck it up and, you know, get in the kitchen, do the dishes? Like, come on. What kind of mother are you going to make, you know? Come traipsing around here with your Kazakian fucking witchcraft? <laughs> Bitch, I thought you said you were from Kazakhstan. I'm out of here. I'd get up and put my fucking, tuck, take the fucking microphone off. I'm out of here. And I'd be out that fucking door, boy. In this day and age, you know? Especially how I am today. I love the Lord, you know? But, like, I say that to say, yeah, uh, was it kind of inappropriate, kind of kind of tasteless, tacky? Eh, maybe it could be read that way, but even if, can you really blame them? Anyway, great film, great performances by Sasha Baron Cohen, great performance by um, Maria Bakalova playing his daughter, Tudor. You know, and um, it's a great mockumentary. It's great political satire. And if you're a fan of Borat, definitely check it out. I believe it's premiering on, I think, I think it's exclusively available on Amazon Prime. And a little sad tie, little side tangent. Um, Amazon Prime, I mean, they're on their way up. They're on their way up as being like the next biggest streaming production house for sure like netflix has got that name brand has got that legacy they're doing strong they're going strong but amazon prime i remember like within the last six months like i recently got a new membership for amazon prime so i could watch the latest borat film i hadn't had a membership in like i don't know maybe six months six months to a year i hadn't been on amazon prime and prior to that like amazon prime like some of the fucking shit they had on there was like these slapped together cheesy low budget documentaries that you can get off of youtube these fucking c b level movies just complete trash sprinkled in with a couple hits here and there right i mean their content was pretty shit, like up until like six months ago. I get a membership to watch Borat. First of all, Borat, that's a major film. That's a major star, Sasha Baron Cohen, an upcoming star herself, Maria Bakalova. It's a good film. It's a good product. But they also have all these other miniseries and a broadening collection of you know, classic films, Amazon Prime originals. It's like within the last six months to a year, it has considerably stepped up its game. So it's like, keep your eyes on Amazon Prime, folks. And their and their business model is like, like that's the problem of any film production company. That's the problem of producing a film. Finance, the financing. Well, with Amazon Prime, they're obviously, if you don't know, they're connected to Amazon, the, the online uh, 
online market, you know, the shopping online, Amazon. So um, think of the money that they were that they are going to have to put into production. Let's say they want to green light a production. You know, hey, we have this idea to make, uh, well, they're not just going to take anybody off the street, but like, let's say, you know, yours truly here. You know, I kick open fucking Jeff Bezos. What's his name? Jeff Beta? Jeff ben- Benzo? You know, Jeff B. Forget his fucking name offhand. Jeff ben- Benzo, Bezo. I kick open his door. Hey, guess what? Jonathan Ramsey on the podcast got a film idea. He's going to drop all business and be like, yes, Jonathan. Yes, what is it? And I'll lay out my business plan to him and he'll snap it up in a heartbeat. So I'm not saying anybody can do this, but basically, like, if you have an idea to pitch a pitch a production at Amazon and they like it and they green light it, like, let's say you're a mega star, like a Sasha Baron Cohen or like, a, I don't know, Matt Damon, you know, Denzel Washington, Will Smith or something. You get this big idea to do a production. If they like it, think how easy it is for them to come up with that funding within their business model. You ever notice prices on Amazon fluctuate? A lot of people do everyday shopping on Amazon. What if they're like, okay, we want to produce this next film by Will Smith. we got to come up with a $100 million budget. Okay, for the next two months, we're going to up the price of toothpaste by 10 cents. So on their global market, all of a sudden the price of toothpaste goes up 10 cents. A slight increase. Most people wouldn't even think about it. Boom. They have the money to finance, you know, a major motion picture. That is like a major advantage for a production company. To be able to come up with your own budget whenever you want through the selling of other products and services rather than the film itself. That's major. So they're going to look for them online, look for them in movie theaters, look for them in the future, man. Amazon Prime. They're, I think they're going to be very big. And um, in case he ever becomes my future uh, employer, because I shop with him all the time. What's his... What's this thug's name? Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah, Jeff Bezos. I knew, see? It's not every day a billionaire comes into your life. God bless Jeff Bezos. So there you have it, folks. Janitha Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Sip of water. Water break balls. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. 11 plus years of service. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Recently, I got hit with um, a little bit of inspiration. And um, that's very important during these times when, like, um, I don't know if you're in your career and you're getting that flatline kind of feeling during pandemic stagnation creeps in, you know, you're unmotivated, you feel kind of trapped in this pandemic. Well, I recently got a burst of inspiration, real excitement for a path forward 
as a stand-up comedian. That's major. And um, I'm just going to ride with it, and, and I'm going to stay focused on it. I'm going to chase it down. Um, and it's tough. It's tough. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, I mean, nothing speaks like experience, right? So, you know, whenever people be talking out the side of their mouth about anything, really, and they don't really know what they're talking about, it's comical because the more you stand up and be a be an adult and see what it takes to compete in this world, you start to realize, oh, you know, there's levels to this thing. There's um there's a depth of knowledge that it takes to do most any job, right? So that's what I mean by it's like well, you know, I've been banging it out for 11 plus years as a stand-up comedian, you know, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. And while I'm very excited, I know the challenges because I've been there before. I've been there before. And it's like, hmm, I know what I got to do in order to make this thing fly. But I'm trying to keep an open mind, trying to keep positive. And um, nothing feels better than activity activity on the matter you know i'm very much used to being out at night out in the nightclubs out in the bars doing stand-up comedy well now with pandemic with this lull all these nights all these nights spent at home get a little cagey Start feeling a little useless and bored and seeking solace in, you know, a plate of fucking french fries or, you know, you know, slop back a fucking bag of gummy bears or whatever, you know what I mean? Eating fucking nibs, licorice whips, stuffing your face full of garbage, junk, just because you're bored and kind of feeling kind of, I don't know, you ever been like that? Well, yesterday I was getting that feeling, I was, you know... It was like 7 o'clock at night. I'm like, mm, should I eat something? I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? It's past dinner time. I'm, well, I'm just going to eat something to eat something. I'm just kind of bored, right? And feeling kind of inactive. As a comedian, I'd probably be on a subway somewhere, going to a gig, going to some shitty bar, doing something, being out and about. So I was feeling a little cagey last night, but then I'm like, eh, let me dust out the old bass guitar. I play bass guitar as a hobby. It's something that I'm just not willing to put down. You know what I mean? It's like when I first started playing bass at the age of 14, I dreamt of being a star. I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to be a musician. Hmm. Didn't quite work out that way. But I don't want to put it down. It's something that I'm still very much interested in as a hobby. I still want to be... I still want to play. And it's hard to find that time and it's hard to find that motivation because I put that upon myself. I put those restrictions. I get lazy, unmotivated. I say what can't be versus what can be, what is, what isn't, what's real, what's reality. Right? Well, anyway, I said, fuck it. Picked up the old bass guitar, started jamming last night. Felt like a new man. It's getting active, you know? I got this new pedal. It's pretty cool. Um, 
it's like this uh it's an effects pedal so it's like with one pedal there's like all these um you know fuzz synth uh distortion wah distortion wah uh you know an expression pedal for you know if you want to stomp down on the pedal and have various expressions like um during the playing or like um you know just uh different amp amp configurations like classic amps ampeg uh you know and you can also download various um effects you can connect it online download other um effects to the chain right and it was just like a fun little way to be active and expressive and it felt and it filled that void that hunger, that stupidity, that inactivity, it filled it. And I was able to like, you know, have some fun, have some expression and not just turn to food to um, silence the demons of boredom, inactivity during pandemic. Which wasn't exactly true because I fucking pigged out anyway. Hell, I had to do it, you know baked up a little uh what do they call it like those greek feta spinach pastries like those spankatonis spankanides you know what i'm talking about right those it's like a greek pastry you know it's got feta cheese spinach buttery paste pastry spun one of those spun one of those up after i was done playing bass and yeah, fuck it you know what i mean you know i had to do it i had to I was hungry. So then, um, yeah, whatever, fuck it. I still work out. I exercise. So it's water off a duck's ass. Quack. And, um, but that idea of taking action on what fuels you, being engaged with activity, and being aware of the challenge, that's what giving me motivation going forward as a stand-up comedian. And, um, all in time, all will be revealed. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Let's get into some news. Now, what I've been bitching and kabeeking and bellyaching, I'm not really bitching and beaking, but what I've been talking about lately is, like, we live in this world where we're in pandemic, we're in isolation, Emotions run high. Social interaction has changed, right? So when you go out there in public, it's very important to be aware of that because confrontation can happen at any time. And any misstep, any miscalculation can end in complete tragedy. Whether it be just an extreme example and whether it be like a seemingly innocuous example, a mild example. The consequences can be devastating. So here's the latest, which has shook the world, and so it should, because it's a very disturbing trend. This is an article from cbcnews.ca. cbc.ca. Three dead as France... Three dead as woman beheaded in France. 
gunman killed in a second incident. Saudi man reported arrested in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, after injuring a guard at the French consulate. A knife-wielding attacker shouted, Allahu Akbar, beheaded a woman and killed two other people in what French officials described as a terrorist attack at a church in the French city of Nice on Thursday, while a gunman was shot dead by police in a separate incident. Within hours of the Nice attack, police killed a man who had threatened passerbys with a handgun in Montfayette, near the southern French city of Avignon. Sorry, um, pronunciation. The French city of Avignon. He was also shouting, Allahu Akbar, God is greatest, according to a radio station, Europe One. A defiant President Emmanuel Macron, declaring that France had been subject to an Islamist terror attack, said he would deploy thousands more soldiers to protect key French sites, such as places of worship and schools. Speaking from the scene, he said France had been attacked over values for our taste for freedom, for the ability on our soil to have freedom of belief. Pure tragedy. Had been... France had been attacked over our values for our taste for freedom, for the ability on our soil to have freedom of belief. And I say, and I say it with lots of clarity again today, we will have, we will not give any ground. Tunisia has opened an investigation into this suspected attacker who is reported to be a Tunisian, said Mohsen Dali, public prosecutor of the anti-terrorism court from the North African country. Nice's mayor, Christian Estrosi, who described the attack in his city as terrorism, said on Twitter it had happened in, a, in or near Notre Dame Church, and was similar to an attack earlier this month. The methods match, without doubt, those used again, those used against the brave teacher in Conflans, St. Honorine. Again, I'm sorry for the pronunciation. The brave teacher in Conflans, St. Honorine, Samuel Patty, he said, referring to a French teacher beheaded earlier this month in an attack in a suburban in suburb of press of Paris. Estrosi said the attacker had a, repeatedly shouted the phrase Allahu Akbar even after he had been detained by police. One of the people killed in the church was believed to be the church warden, Estrosi said, adding that a woman had tried to escape from inside the church and had fled into a bar opposite the 19th century neo-Gothic building. The suspected knife attacker was shot by police while being detained. He is on his way to hospital. He is alive, Estrosi told reporters. Enough is enough, the mayor said. It's time now for France to exonerate itself from the laws of peace in order to 
definitively wipe out Islamofascism fascism from our territory. Reuters journalists at the scene said police armed with automatic weapons had put up a security cordon around the church, which is, which is on Nice's Jean Medicine Avenue, the city's main shopping thoroughfare. Ambulances and fire service vehicles were also at the scene. In Paris, lawmakers in the National Assembly observed a minute's silence in solidarity with the victims. The mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, said the people of Nice can count on the support of the city of Paris and the Parisians. The international leaders, including Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, condemned the Nice attack and expressed solidarity with France. Police said three people were confirmed to have died in the attack and several were injured. The French Anti-Terrorist Prosecutor's Department said it had been, had been asked to investigate. A police source said a woman was decapitated. French far-right politician Marine Le Pen also spoke of a decapitation having occurred in the attack. A representative of the French Council for the Muslim Faith strongly condemned the attack as a sign of mourning and solidarity with the victims and their loved ones, I call on all Muslims in France to cancel all the celebrations of the holiday Maulid. Maulid. The holiday is the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad, which is being celebrated Thursday. Yes. So very tragic situation going on in France. Um, a woman was beheaded in a church in uh, one of, like, the second incident of the same type within the last month, you know. Samuel Patty, a French teacher, was also beheaded earlier this month for showing an image of the Prophet Muhammad. Um, he was beheaded by a Chechnyan Muslim who was shot dead by police. So there's all this terrorism activity going on in France. On the positive side, Muslims in France, um, there's a group, uh, the Muslim group, Muslim organization, um, one moment here folks, a representative of the French Council for the Muslim Faith strongly condemned the attack. As a sign of mourning and solidarity with the victims and their loved ones, I call on all Muslims in France to cancel all the celebrations of the holiday of Maulid. Well, can that backfire? Or then is the, are these extreme Muslims then going to be like, you're canceling Muhammad's birthday. Allahu Akbar! How dare you cancel my birthday cake? Allah Muhammad! 
Allahu Akbar, how dare you cancel my birthday party? You know, are they then going to fucking decapitate fucking people for blowing out the candles of fucking Prophet Muhammad? Yes, of course, that's a satirical observation or a satirical <laughs> point I'm making. But at least this French, uh, at least some of the French Muslims are trying to stand with solidarity with France to denounce this type of this type of extreme terrorism, this type of extreme uh, behavior, and the French government will do what they need to do. I guess, as a citizen of the world, I can only just lend the support of. It is always wrong to kill. We are not God. Allahu Akbar. God is greatest. Okay, so by your own fucking crazy blatherings, Allahu Akbar, God is greatest. Okay, cool. So if God is greatest, why don't you pipe the fuck down, sit the fuck down, and let God's will be done. Leave it in God's hands. And also, please, um, if you are, hey, you're free to believe in what you believe in. You're free to have your religion. But please be the bigger person in a scenario. You know what I mean? Like, if you are in a faith, if you are in a religion and it's being mocked and openly criticized and mocked, please be the bigger person. It's obviously wrong to intimidate. It's obviously wrong to mock and shun another person's religion. But please be the bigger person and not retaliate with such a overblown sense of righteousness and twisted doctrine. It's never right to kill. It's just not. It's actually quite the opposite of God-fearing. It's godless. You're playing God when you take another person's life. And it's just a disgusting thing. Please be the bigger person. It's not nice that it's, you know, it's not cool that some people put their, I mean, you know, we all have the right to freedom of speech, freedom of speech. You know, we have a right to, you know, open discourse and not to be censored. But why not use that privilege sparingly? It's never called for to physically harm someone. You shouldn't antagonize others. If they don't want the image of Prophet Muhammad shown, who gives a fuck? Don't show it. Why spur someone into action? Let them have their belief. You do your thing. Again, this is a simplified 
version of a very large situation. I'm about peace and unity. And, you know, people who engage in terrorist activity obviously are not. So, I don't know. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think? You know, should censorship be to the point in which, or sorry, should freedom of speech and expression be to the point of um, almost antagonism? You know, I'm going to show images of the Prophet Muhammad just because I can to exercise my freedoms. Or should there be task, or should there be tact and taste involved? Where it's like, you know what? Seeing as it's not my religion or none of my business, why not just leave it alone? But then again, they're going to another country imposing their beliefs, their systems. When in Rome, do as the Romans. When in France, do as the French. So, yo, like, why don't you just pack up your shit and fuck off if, if you're going to, you know? But then again, we all have the freedom to religion and to our beliefs, but obviously not to take others' lives. <sighs> I'll never side with violence. They're obviously wrong. And the Muslim community is right to band together and denounce that type of extremism. Some of these French Muslim organizations, Muslims of France, some of them are stepping forward to denounce this type of extremism. That's totally cool. That's totally acceptable. That's the right thing to do. You know, if your religion is being perverted by a minority of extreme, sick people, you should stand up and get this message out there to people who are Muslim, to the Islamic community. As Muslims against this type of behavior, speak up. Because otherwise, I mean, come on. And then there's the hypocrisy of, hypocrisy of it where it's like, well, this beheading was done in a church. I'm going to assume a Christian Catholic church known for kiddly diddly, you know? All the children on a global network being sexually assaulted by droves of Catholic Christian priests. And the network of conspiracy and cover up, which is pretty much widespread and widely known. It's not a conspiracy. It's out in the open. The global community knows that there is pedophilia running rampant in the Catholic Church and a lot of Christian faiths, faith-based churches. So what? Do we now say that Christianity and Catholicism is all a bunch of judge, judge them all on the same basis? So it's kind of the same situation going on with this Muslim situation. Got all these extremist wackos killing people in the name of Allah Akbar. When it's like, yo, 
that's a, allegedly it's a small minority, you know, and if there are Muslims of a peaceful, of a more decent thread, obviously, please stand up and denounce this type of behavior. It's barbaric and it's not called for and you are godless to do it. Are you not? I'm going to go behead somebody in the name of Allah Akbar. Stop and think about what you're doing. Please, be the bigger person. It's crazy. It's nonsense. God does not want you beheading random people. Anyway, that's my two cents. <laughs> that's all I got to say on the matter. That's all I got to say on that. I never did see Jenny again. Allahu Akbar. Um, what else here? LCBO shooting. So please, you know, during this time of uncertainty, unrest, fear, stand unified for good. Stand unified for what's right. And if we are of differing faiths, differing beliefs, let's at least stand for peace. Peace. I think we can all agree on that. And, you know, along with, uh, you know, this very extreme example of some of these tensions going on during pandemic and you know, obviously what is or what isn't the cause, we don't know. But they have to be contributing factors. They have to be contributing factors because, you know, when you're closed off and walled off and isolated, that's when all these thoughts and aggressions can go unchecked. Here's another example of a seemingly innocuous, a small situation that escalated and bloomed into tragedy. This is coming out of um, Ontario, Canada. Um, this is an article from cp24.com. <clears throat> police identify man shot in... Police identify man shot to death in parking lot after dispute inside Scarborough LCBO. Toronto police say they are still investigating the details of a dispute that led to the fatal shooting of a 21-year-old man outside a Scarborough LCBO on Sunday evening. The shooting took place in the parking lot of an LCBO location on Danforth Road near Victoria Park Avenue at 5.30 p.m. or around. According to investigators, the 21-year-old victim, who has now been identified as Toronto resident Jacob Sudumariki, Jacob Sudumariki, got into a verbal altercation with a 20-year-old man inside a store. Police say the victim left the store first and was chased and ensued within the parking lot after the suspect exited the LCBO seconds later. 
Gunshots were heard and Sudamariki was subsequently found lying on the ground in the parking lot, suffering from a single gunshot wound to his upper body. He was rushed to hospital in critical condition, but later died from his injuries. The suspect fled the scene in a vehicle, and a civilian witness passed the license plate of the vehicle on to police through a 911 call, Detective Amanda Thornton told reporters on Monday afternoon. That's very quick thinking and um, and very um, heroic to witness a shooting and then grab the license plate of the fleeing vehicle. So, you know, there are good people out there. I mean, I don't know if my first instinct after hearing a gun go off and see a man fall to the ground... I really don't know if I'd have the wherewithal to see the fleeing vehicle and grab the license plate number. I hope I do. I hope I have that courage. But it's not easy to say that that's what my instinct would be. And rightfully so. You know what I mean? Maybe the smarter thing to have done would have been to duck for cover. I mean, gunshots are going off after all, right? So there is some good in the world. Um, this passerby... Um, caught the vehicle license plate and sent it on to police. Responding officers located the vehicle within eight minutes of the shooting and less than two kilometers away from the scene. Three occupants of the vehicle were taken into custody and one man identified by investigators as Michael Roberts, a 20-year-old Toronto resident, has now been charged with first-degree murder. Police say the two people... The two other people who were arrested have now been released and are not expected to face charges in connection with the incident. And again, that's another positive takeaway. Sometimes, well, I'm just happy that these are young people doing young foolish acts. So... The three other peop- the two other people who were in the car, I'm glad that they at least didn't get sucked and in, drawn into this situation. Could have been even more of a tragedy. You know? One lone acting gunman let him face the consequences. You know what I mean? It's, you never want to see young people needlessly throw their lives away. You don't want to see anybody needlessly throw their lives away. So, you know, as tragic as it is, I'm just looking for the positive here, you know. So, police say the two other people who were arrested have now been released and are not expected to face charges in the connection with the incident. Pardon me, my stomach's growling. Victim and suspect did not know each other. The motive for the shooting is still under investigation, but police did confirm that there is no indication the victim and suspect knew one another prior to the incident. One witness and a police source told CP24 on Monday morning that the victim and the suspect appeared to be arguing over social distancing inside the store, a detail homicide detectives would not confirm when speaking to reporters 
during the update on Monday afternoon. Stomach's growling up a storm here, folks. Sorry. The basis of the argument which took place within the LCBO is still under investigation, and that's not something I'm going to comment on at this time, Thornton said. We are not going to rule anything out at this point. Thornton did not say both the suspect and victim were were Thornton did say that both the suspect and victim were wearing masks while inside the LCBO. She said based on the video surveillance footage and witness reports, the argument inside the store did not appear to be an overly heated one. Based on the video I've reviewed, I wouldn't say there was an intensity to it at all, she said. We are looking for witnesses who were inside the store to come forward and tell us what they heard and what happened. We have spoken to a fair amount of people. When asked why police decided to charge the suspect with first-degree murder, Thornton said investigators do have some evidence to suggest there was planning and deliberation. Whether the plan is very simple, it is executed, and that's what happened during this incident, she added. A knife was recovered from the scene, but police say they are unsure how it is connected to the incident. Police have not said if the firearm used in the shooting has been recovered. The accused made a brief appearance in court on Monday morning. Yes. So a couple young people, 21-year-old man, the victim, Jacob Sudamariki, 21-year-old man, Jacob Sudamariki, and the, uh, the man identified as the shooter, Michael Roberts, a 20-year-old man. These young men, they get into some kind of confrontation in an LCBO, which is a liquor store in Ontario, Canada, a chain of liquor stores, government-run liquor stores. That's a whole other story. But basically, they're at the liquor store in Canada, Ontario. These young men, they get into some sort of verbal altercation. Allegedly, it was pretty mild, but it led to this shooting with um, a 21-year-old man, Jacob Sudamariki, lying dead. You know... In these times when there are a lot of heated, I mean, this is not victim blaming at all. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. All I know, though, is one should be leery of engaging in an argument with a person, a stranger. Post-pandemic, that was very much the case. And during pandemic, sorry, pre-pandemic, that was very much the case. And during pandemic, it is definitely needed. A leeriness, you know, a little bit of an apprehensiveness to engage into an argument. And post-pandemic, same as well. The message being, You never know what a random person is intending, what their intentions are. And if you can avoid an argument, you should do so. This is not victim blaming, 
But again, I suggest, first of all, if somebody engages you in an argument, you know your intentions. You were standing there, and then all of a sudden somebody's bitching at you for no reason. You know you didn't do anything. There's no need for you to explain that to them. You know it. You know it. You were standing there. Now this person's bitching at you. Don't escalate it. Okay. And you move away. You defend yourself. You always have the right to defend yourself. But you should also have the self-preserving uh, notion to distance yourself from the situation. There's a lot of people walking around looking for a confrontation. And maybe just because the way you glanced at them, you know, you were standing there and all of a sudden you turn your head and you, maybe that's just enough. Oh, this person's looking at me. They flip a switch. They freak out. They put all their negativity and horse shit. They put all the pain, turmoil, nonsense, hopelessness of their fucking existence, of their pathetic life. They put all their horse shit onto you. They latch onto you with their horseshit because a lot of people are short-sighted, self-centered, emotional, immature, nonsensical. That's a lot of people walking around there, out there in the world. Childish, insecure, unstable, aggressive, nonsensical. Lacking in responsibility. And they go around and they look for reasons to... They don't even know it. They're blind to themselves. They don't even know it. Everywhere they go, there's an argument. This person looked at me that way. And when I'm at work, that person's not doing their work the way I like them to do their work. So I'm going to involve myself in what other people do. And diddly dum diddly do. There's tons of morons out there looking for problems. So please, during this time of pandemic and going into post-pandemic, rule of thumb, defend yourself, but also take the responsibility of self-preservation and to remove yourself from conflict. Don't engage. Somebody's acting up all dumb. Hey, you let it be dumb. You know what you you know what you stand for. You know what is important to you. Be the bigger person. Just walk away. You don't have to meet their aggression with aggression. Don't give in to the bait. Don't give them a reason to fly off the handle. Just remove yourself. Walk away. Okay, yes, okay. Okay, you're right. Okay. And you move on. If they pursue you, if you're called upon to defend yourself... You defend yourself. But don't antagonize and don't give them a reason to press even further. They've already, they had no reason to begin with. Don't give them any further reason. And this is not victim blaming. Um, Jacob Sudamariki, this young man here in the story, shot in a parking lot. Um... Jacob Sudamariki, you know, 
a young man struck down in almost adolescence, not even youth. Youth is considered like 19 to 29. There's like a 10, like, you know, in the lineage of life, there's infant, toddler, child, teen, youth, young adult, adult, middle age, senior, and just fucking plain old old, you old fogey. So it's like there's a, you know, there's a, you know, there's a different span of time, right? Different spans of time. And 21 years old, you're not even really a youth. You're not even a young man at that age or a young woman. You're like coming out of adolescence. Like whenever you, I mean, people put labels and opinions on whatever, but generally speaking, in society, the societal outlook, 19 to 29 is considered youth. You know? So like there's a 10-year span when you could be considered a youth. This guy was barely even a youth. He was coming out of adolescence. He was coming out of being a teenager. He was 21 years old. So it's like he wasn't even strucken down in his youth. He was strucken down in his post-adolescence. Very young man. In a needless situation. I don't know how it happened. And this is not victim blaming. I, I feel for the young man. He didn't deserve that at all. No matter what he said. Because, you know, he could have said all sorts of craziness. Take your pick. Think of the most insulting thing you could say to a person. No matter what the fuck he said. He didn't deserve what happened. Not at all. For a battle of words. So... It's very important to keep in, in mind during these times. People are on short circuits. And there's no need to get swept up in other people's delusions. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, on a lighter note, you guys going to carve a pumpkin? <laughs> I want to suck your blood. Halloween. On a more positive note, Halloween is here, coming up. It's around the corner. And during this time of year, you know, I love getting discount candy. You know, after uh, all the hoopla and the hoop-de-doo is uh, over and done with, you know, I like to go and capitalize on that discount candy at the grocery store, you know, get myself some uh, candy corn. I like candy corn, you know. I like it all, chocolate bars, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Specifically candy corn, though, usually only comes around once a year. Well, that's not true. You can go to like a bulk store. Is, is candy corn available year-round? Well, I don't know, but it's a delicious treat. Go pick it up at a discount after Halloween, of course. But, uh, you know, during this time of year, spooks and spirits, creepies and crawlies, gets you thinking... You know, I believe in God. I believe in a creator. One of the most communicative 
theories on why I believe on, in God. There are many reasons for myself personally, but one of the major, most widely known arguments for belief in God is the design argument. The design argument states that everything bears witness to being designed. Like think of the intricacy of your eye, you know? You got the eyeball itself, you know, you got the eyelashes, eyelashes, the pupil, the pupus, the iris, you know, the veins, you know, the retina. Think of the intricacy of an eye and how an eye works and functions. Think of the intricacy of the human body and how it functions. Think of the in- think of the intricacy of anything on earth. You know, lakes, streams, ecosystems, wildlife, birds in flight. How the fuck does that work? You know, microbiology. Think of all the intricacies of life and organisms and ecosystems. What was that, just an accident? Poof. Human beings on the planet, you know, access to fruit, access to water, access to food, access to the bounty of resource to sustain us, whoops. Animals in nature, whoops, they're just programmed to survive. They know how to. They have fur and hair to keep them warm. They know how to climb a tree to build a nest. They know how to hunt for, you know, prey. They know how to um, sustain themselves. The design argument. The world bears witness to being designed, in my personal opinion. Then there's a lot of other elements the spiritual calling, the peace that I feel when I strive to be one with God, to follow His ways. So in my belief in God, um, and again, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time or if you are of conflicting beliefs, I ain't no fucking peddler. I believe in freedom of choice so to speak, I mean, in regards to, I believe in, um, I'm like non-denominational. I don't believe in any particular religion, per se. I call myself a believer in God. You know, um, I'm a Christian, but I don't place that belief, that denomination over just a general belief in God. In a creator. And that being said, you don't have to, I'm not here to contest or argue. I'm not trying to convert people. Um, I, I'll, I'll be friends with anybody as long as they're decent. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll be friends with anybody, but I'm not out to change people's minds. But as I believe in God, well, do I believe in the devil? I don't know. I don't know. As I believe in good, do I believe in evil? I don't know. I know evil exists. People rape, murder, torture. You know? People are evil in their actions and intentions. They're ugly, fucking mean-spirited, argumentative, 
condescending, cynical, self-motivated actions, pure evil, you know, war, famine, lies, scandal, sexual abuse, murder, propaganda, silencing, stifling, controlling. There's a big world of evil out there, obviously. Then there's also like the idea of, well, what is attested to that evil? Is that the devil? As I believe in God, as I believe in good, conversely, do I believe in evil? Do I believe in the devil? And Halloween kind of makes you think about that, like the evil spirits, the spirits, the dead, the ghosts and goblins, the ghosts and goofballs, you know what I mean? Makes you think. I remember the closest I ever got personally to dealing with evil. I went through a phase where I was very mad. While I never said it directly, but I was mad and I was angry. I was angry at a lot of things going on in my life and I wasn't taking full responsibility and I was drinking a lot. Today I'm a recovering alcoholic, you know. I've been sober for three plus years. I'm actually within a couple weeks of my four-year anniversary four-year anniversary of sobriety. But back in the day, I used to drink like a fish. Gluck, 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 gluck. <laughs> and I'd be angry, 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 like a child. I'd be angry and twisted and, you know, I never said it. I never formulated it in my head. But I think I had an anger towards God as well. I had a resentment towards everybody, really, my friends, my family. And I think in a sense, I was a little bit angry at God in a very childish, wet blanket sense. So during that time of anger, I remember I was like, spirits, I want to talk to the dead. I want to play with a Ouija board. I want to go speak to a gypsy. I want to go to like a fortune teller. You know, I want to go dip my finger into this pool of negativity out of my anger and frustration to get a clear answer. You know, I want to confront the ghost of my dead mother and ask that bitch once and for all, what the fuck was your problem? Seriously, how the fuck could you have really been that pathetic as a parent? I know, a little bit angsty, a little bit of 90s grunge, a little bit of emo hip-hop. I know. That's how I was feeling at the time, you know? That's how I was feeling. And I was drinking and drunk and high all the time, too, so, you know, can you blame me? You know, I wasn't exactly clear-minded, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I was like contemplating, you know, getting a Ouija board or going to a fortune teller and talking to the spirits you know, at nighttime, I'd go on my, I'd go on my phone, 
I'd go on the internet, you know, and I'd, I'd be looking up like um, case files of like, you know, missing persons, dead people in the city of Toronto, Canada, where I live. I was looking up like these missing persons reports and, you know, because I live in a, you know, I live in East Toronto, you know, Cabbage Town, Regent Park, downtown area of Toronto. So there's like a lot of stories of like missing people, murders, unsolved murders. So I'd look up these stories and like there's a there was like a murder down the street from me. You know, an unsolved murder from like the late 90s. Some dude got shot in a in a uh, convenience store. Somebody like shot and killed him outside of a convenience store, like just down the street from me. A few blocks south of me, there was like a story of the this young girl back in like the late 70s, early 80s. I can't recall the name offhand because this was what I was researching like almost four or five years ago, a while ago when I was in that drunken, drugged out, angry state. I was looking up this case where this young girl like in the 80s 79, 80, she went missing. She was like a, she was like a teenager. She went to school one day, then she didn't come home. There was reports of some, her last being seen in the vicinity of like, you know, downtown Toronto, not too far from where I live, she was seen with some young, some middle-aged man or something. I don't know if her body was ever even found. So, with all these twisted thoughts and my drinking and drugging, well, marijuana, call that a drug. <clears throat> Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> I said, God damn. God damn. We had a teenage wedding and the old girl said, Oh, well, all the old folks never can tell. I said, God damn. God damn. All you're going to do is you're going to go out, you're going to shake your hand. You said, Nice having dinner with you. And then you're going to go home, jerk off. You can't call it a night. You know who that, you know who that drugged out bitch is? That's Eugenia Wallace. All right? If I don't get this bitch to a hospital, I'm going to be a fucking grease spot. A felt pen. A felt pen. A fucking magic marker. <sighs> I said, damn, you know. I was smoking that la-la-la, you know, drinking. Eh, occasional line of coke, you know, who's counting? But when I was in that state, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> wanting to speak to the spirits, angry at God knows what. Just angry, corrupt, misguided, young and obnoxious, fucking wet blanket. And I remember, like, uh, I was seriously considering having a seance, get a Ouija board. Light a couple candles, some nag champa, 
crack a couple tins. Look, 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 look. Yeah. You know, smoking that. <laughs> Burn them candles, bitch. Let's go. I want to see God. Come out, come out wherever you are. Like, you know, Ouija board, conjuring up spirits, you know. I want to talk to my dead mother. Listen, bitch, I got a bone to pick with you, you know. I don't know what the fuck was going on. And granted, you know, I was doing stand-up comedy, you know, and I was working around the clock. I was pretty busy in between, like, drunken blackouts and, you know, stage performances and, you know, working dead-end jobs, moving boxes, digging ditches, you know. I really wanted to visit the occult. Just a minor curiosity. But is it really that far-fetched? Because I believe in God. I believe in the power of nature. When I see a fucking squirrel, when I see a squirrel, that's God speaking. The beauty of that design. That's not an accident. That ain't something to take lightly, man. Somebody, something, God, our creator, our father in heaven, took the time to create that little bugger. Here you go, buddy. Have a peanut. I throw him a peanut. Catches it. You know, I love squirrels. You know, I love God. And as I love God and as I believe in God, conversely, that means that I believe in evil. I believe in the devil. Now, I don't believe in the devil. But I believe there is such a thing as evil. And that's something I don't want to mix with ever. So I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that um, I didn't do that. I didn't want to open Pandora's box. Because I, I asked my friend, I asked my friend, I was like talking to my friend, Nathan. And we have pretty interesting conversations. He's an artist hailing, hailing out of Vancouver. If you like some of the artwork on JR the P, Jonathan Ramch on the podcast, you know, beautiful artwork, you know, um, Nathan, he goes by various uh, aliases, Nathan Grimm, Nathan Evergreen, you know, he's got various uh, aliases under his artwork. And if you enjoy some of his artwork, uh, JR the P, Jonathan Ramch on the podcast, those elephants, you know, the title to the show, opening title. Some of his handy artwork. Um, I was speaking with him, and he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, I was just kind of not something that I hid, as I don't hide my love for God. I don't really hide my somewhat interest in the occult. I don't know what to think of it. I just I don't want nothing to do with it. I never did. You know, my mother wouldn't even let me play Dungeons and Dragons growing up. I remember like one time, like a family friend came over to the house and, um, you know, you know, when you roll the dice and you play like those role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, that was a big thing in like the 90s and 80s when people were like, it's fucking Satan worship. It's devil worship. You got these fucking kids playing board games, pretending that they're dragons. They're out to fucking fucking hold a fucking virgin sacrifice in the woods somewhere oh my god right it was big deal right so i guess my mom caught me like about to play dungeons and dragons she's like what the 
fuck are you doing? She like slapped the dice out of my hands. Uh, the dice flew out of my hands. What are you doing? <laughs> so like I have like this history of, oh yes, and what got me started on this as a youngin. You know, um, my mother, when I was like, when I was like three years old, four, three, three or four years old, my grandma died. My grandma was pretty cool. She used to like uh, fix me breakfast, you know, she'd make me some cornflakes, you know. There was like this running joke, apparently I, I couldn't say cereal. You know how all kids have a lisp? Usually little kids have lisps. I guess I had a little bit of a lisp. Just a youngin, just a little munchkin. And I remember my grandma would fix me breakfast. And she goes, Jonathan, what do you want for breakfast? I go, Shia woo woo. Shia woo woo. <laughs> what do you want for breakfast, Jonathan? Shia woo woo. <laughs> so she put like, you know, she fixed me cornflakes. I love cornflakes. You know, I have some cornflakes, you know. She'd be watching like the prices right. Then later she'd go take a bath and like I'd sneak up the stairs and like I'd poke my head into the bathroom. She'd be like, Jonathan, Jonathan, get out of here. Get out of here, Jonathan, get out of here. And I'm like, you know, like looking at my grandmother in the bathtub. <laughs> so, you know, I used to have a lot of fun with grandma. But uh, anyway, she died. Kicked kick the bucket. And uh, it's really weird. I don't even remember her dying. Well, I think she died in another country, come to think of it. Like um, I have like Trinidadian lineage, heritage. So um, anyway, uh, Grammy kicks the bucket. And... Uh, I guess my mother was going through a hard time. I remember she was crying a lot at night. Very strange. Remember one night she had some of her friends over, right? Like some of her friends. These are people from the past that I don't even really recall. Other than they were like my mother's friends. I don't really know who these women were. But I was upstairs in my room and I heard some shit downstairs. In the living room. I was like, huh? So I sneaked down the stairs, right? I poked my head out from around the corner, right? I'm... You know how you, you know when you're a kid, you're just curious, right? You're... So, uh, you know, I sneak down the stairs, I poke my head around the corner. There's... A darkened living room and a motorcycle, if you guys can hear that. <laughs> I need my own studio. But anyways, there's like this, how ah, would you fuck off? Here, let me set the stage again. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, Murphy. The Terminator's coming to get me. Anyway, you know what? Pop out from around the corner. This guy doing laps? Ugh. Anyway, poke my head out around the corner. Darkened living room. There's all these like candles lit. There must have been like five of these candles lit. My mom was just like kind of like, I don't know, rocking back and forth or mumbling or I don't know what she was doing. And then. Her friends were like wailing. It's a very foggy, distant memory, but it was like candles lit. Mom wailing and moaning and these friends of hers were like wailing and moaning. 
And I think they were like conjuring up spirits, like some sort of seance. Because I remember my mother, she had this really weird kind of, I don't know. It's all very foggy and distant. So it's like, this ain't just something that came out of nowhere, you know? Like, ever since I was a youngin', I was kind of in seeing these things, you know what I mean? Exposed to it. So when I was having my little fucking, you know, emo 80s heartbreak crisis there, you know, um, I was talking to my buddy, Nathan Evergreen, Nathan Grimm. I was talking to my buddy. I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, so what are you up to this weekend? I'm like, ah, not much. Think about having a seance. So what? Yeah, I think about having a seance, you know, and light a couple candles, get a Ouija board, you know, talk to the wind, you know. I want to get down to brass tacks, you know. What the fuck's up? You know, are spirits real? What's going on in the universe? I want to know. My buddy talks some sense into me. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, to what extent the human condition is privy to the spirits of an outer world? Whatever that relationship truly is, you don't want to tempt fate. You don't want to open that door because you can't close it. You don't want to open that door because how do you close it? You don't want to open Pandora's box. You don't want to poke a bear. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just... Thank you. I was actually kind of... I actually thought about what he said in his answer. And he was 100% right. I'm like, what am I... Why am I even thinking about this? Nothing good can come out of this. Nothing good. I believe in God. I do. I believe in doing the right thing. I believe in the golden rule... Do unto others as you have done unto yourself. That's a good enough way for me to live my life. I don't need to go and seek anything further. I don't need to know that. If that is for me to be known, it will be known. All will be revealed in time. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And, you know, we live in this strange world where There's all these little things, you know, phantasms out of the corner of our eye, you know? You might hear what I just said there and be like, wow, that's on some other shit. You know, it's a little extra. Like, what's Jonathan of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, babbling on about? What the fuck? But yet, we all know evil exists. What corrupts a person's spirit to murder and kill? Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez, you know, the BTK killer, um, fucking you name it, you know, Jack the Ripper. What, what, what invokes in a person to want to murder and kill? Why is there war and atrocity throughout the world? What drives a person to rape and torture someone? We all know evil exists. What is that? We all know good exists. I mean, do we not? There's a lot of good things in the world. 
you know? Good overrides everything in my life. And I don't live in fear of nothing, but I am very much aware there is an evilness. And it's something that I don't really like thinking about. It's something I try to avoid. It's something that I don't see that often either. Thank the Lord. But it does exist. And, you know, during Halloween, it's a time in which I think about these things, the spirits, the ghosts and the ghouls. If you check out on my JR the P snips section of the podcast, you'll see I have a uh, little audio play that I wrote and performed and produced, Seance. I'll put a link to it somehow. I'll add it to this uh, podcast somehow. Um, Actually, we'll close with it. Yeah. Well, no. I'll link it. I'll link it to this podcast. It's in the description. And I'll put it on the screen, the title, the link to it. And um, it's a little audio play that I did about um, what I just mentioned. The seance that I was foolish enough to want to do and thankfully smart enough to avoid. And, you know, Halloween, yeah, it's a time of, you know, Ghosts and ghouls, you know, little munchkins dressing up, you know, Buzz Lightyear, fucking, you know, Cinderella, you know, the little mermaid, whatever the fuck. You know, it's a nice little time of year for the kids, the munchkins, you know, go out there, trick or treat, get your candy, kids. I don't know what's going on because of COVID-19, you know, but with all the joy and the fun of the season, I definitely also think about some of the strange... Um periphery um, factors when it comes to Halloween. They do ghost tours, for example. Haunted, allegedly haunted, famous spots in Toronto. You can go on a ghost tour. They'll take you to places where, like, apparently a murder happened or there's been reports of supernatural activity. It's, it's, It's like opening a door into another universe, another realm. And what I mean by periphery, it's like, think how out of sight, out of mind, yet relevant the idea of evil is. As I mentioned, murder, torture, suicide, rape, those are evil things in the world. Yet we don't really think of it as like, you know, being real or that evil exists or that the devil exists. Or like, you know, when you see, like, for example, in Toronto, you see... Like, if you walk around downtown Toronto, various neighborhoods, there are a plethora of, like, gypsy fortune tellers. Like, legitimate businesses that claim to be fortune tellers. Out there in everyday society, go walk around, like, I'll talk about Canada, Toronto, I mean, I can't say Canada, but downtown Toronto, Toronto, Canada. If you walk through this city, you will find plenty like i mean there's probably at least a hundred operating 
gypsy fortune teller parlors in Toronto. Open to the public. Place of business. Advertisement. You can look it up on fucking uh, Google. You can go down there. It's a legitimate business. And they'll bill you for it. Come on here. Come on in. Come on in and we'll tell your fortune, young man. Look into my crystal ball. It's fucking weird. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think about the occult, the supernatural? And what kind of feelings and thoughts and things have you experienced during this spooky time of year? Halloween. (laughs) Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And as for as for me, folks, and as for always, moving forward, happy, hallelujah, you know, water off a duck's ass, you know, just another day in paradise. I'm going to enjoy my, um, you know, uh, candy corn. I'm going to enjoy seeing all the little munchkins fucking jumping around their little fucking costumes, you know. Ain't no reason to sweat because as evil exists, of course, good. And the glory of God. And there's room for any denomination, any belief system. Love, peace, harmony. That's always the way. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent October 29th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, seances. The devil. Evil. What exists? What do you think? Hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com Uh, You know, these are some tough times. We have terrorism activity happening in Europe. Hopefully we can all, you know, lead by example. And strive for a world of peace, harmony, and understanding. That's the way to go. Please, folks. I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. You know, if you want to email me, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight?